0: Yes. Yes, welcome. Yeah. Put it there. One of us. One of us. One of us. You had politics ruin, or rather control. Your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.
1: Umlaut,
2: yeah, I, I, I always just assume when people say, "Oh, the thing over a, a letter," it's an umlaut, even though that's I think that's only in German. Anyway, <laughs> uh, makes you sound
1: extremely smart, right? It's totally yeah, oh, believable. Oh, an
2: umlaut, even though it's not. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's it's not what always it is. the case. Well, what's that's up, everybody? Welcome back to the underground for episode one hundred and fifteen. I am joined once again by the one and only joseph
0: wild west Kemp style
2: and i am your other co-host david
0: sexual tyrannosaurus
2: and this is the show where every week we try to remind you politics ruins everything and if we don't always do that
3: give me the meat and give it to me at all
2: joseph how are you doing today
1: I'm doing well. I can't hear anything. By the way, you're playing. But, oh, so I maybe well, missed out on. Listen, something this I was is, supposed to laugh at.
2: Maybe this is uh, what happens when we take a week off. Um, hey. I yeah, forget. We, to, last week
1: was freaking crazy for me. Uh,
2: I forget to share my screen with you, and everything goes crazy. I know, especially when um, we're doing it live now. Yes.
1: What's this? Our is it our third episode live?
2: Now? I think it's our third episode live. Yeah. Uh. So. Hello to everyone in the troll room. Uh, Forgive us if we're not always paying attention to you. We record the podcast live. uh, And generally, if we get any donations or uh, super chats, we'll read them maybe about halfway through or when we have a free moment. uh, And we will occasionally acknowledge your existence. But just sort of the way that the show is set up, it's easier for us to not uh, hear or, or acknowledge you all. At the yeah. exact moment of the thing going on, so but if we forget something, we may actually be like, "Hey, chat, do you guys know?" Uh, yeah, and so hey. we're we've we've got a lot to catch up on. Shout um, out
1: to Hina tachin 360 ham Horrible at pronouncing stuff, but this person's from Japan and a Naruto fan, so awesome! Thank you for joining us and glad you're here. For those who are new, and to those who already know. I'm going to inform you again, our value for value system, what we utilize here. And I'm actually going to pose a question to David and put him in the hot seat, but don't worry. If you can't think of anything, Uh I'll save you because I'm just (laughs) that nice of a guy. Oh oh boy. All right. But uh, our value for value system is a listener based business model where you get to determine the value of our content and what it's worth. So. Uh, if you feel you're getting value from our content, please consider becoming a supporter by donating your time, talent, and treasure. The way we kind of look at it, that I, I know that Adam Curry frequently mentions on his podcast with John C. Dvorak, called the No The podcast is: you're giving up your time for you know an hour, two hours. Is that worth you know going out to the movies? You know how how much it costs to go out to the movies, or you know going to get a, a cup of coffee. Whatever you think it's worth, whether it's a dollar donation or a $5 billion donation if you're Elon Musk, uh, you know, is totally up to you. But basically, you can donate by your time, talent, and treasure. Time meaning any effort you put into improving or developing our content or sharing it. Talent meaning any skills you possess that you want to contribute to help us develop our platform. So some examples can be artwork for podcast episodes or branding design or editing. Any talent you have, not limited to those. And then uh, treasure so your treasure can be a you can pay off you know do a a one-off amount donation or you can do a reoccurring contribution for the value you think our service is worth and our goal with you know we are pushing the monetary donations because we would like to keep our content on YouTube ad free so that you know you don't have to worry about any advertisements when you look at you know view our videos and our content so but if the value ends up not being there after we're you know been doing this for I don't know whenever we decide uh, then and we have to you know monetize our channel uh, so that we can get, Revenue and and increase the quality of our product and that's the way y'all choose you want to support us That's okay The best ways you can also support us outside of a monetary donation is through downloading our podcast episodes Liking and commenting and engaging in the troll room sharing our YouTube page and just any Of our content as well So if you do decide to donate through the PayPal link or if you decide to send us cash check money order whatever Please be sure to include a note so that we can read it on our live stream. And your donations, again, keep our content advertising advertisement free. How you can make the donation is you can click the direct.me link you'll find in the description. And also in on our homepage, it's uh, the click this for everything link. And it's also in our about me section as well. And there you'll find our PayPal link, our Bitcoin wallet. Uh, address and as well as our obviously YouTube. You're on YouTube right now, but Odyssey, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter links. And donors of less than a hundred dollars will automatically become producers of the corresponding episode. Donors of a hundred dollars and above will automatically become associate executive producers of the corresponding episode. Donors of two hundred dollars and above will receive the executive producer credit for that episode. So we will list the credits in our show notes as an executive producer and associate executive producers and producer, and it will be a genuine credit that we will vouch for that you can put on your resume if you wanted to, because generally producers are responsible. Their primary responsibility is the financing of the project for TV shows and films. Yeah, it looks good. So, Yep. So therefore it legitimately is a credit on your resume. Uh, and so that's kind of, you know, one way we try to credit you guys for help producing our content because that's exactly what you're doing actually david and i were talking about that beforehand Uh, i can't you know i was asked not to mention it but we know someone who works for a producer in hollywood uh, and that's primarily what they are responsible for is financing so um, please note that any amount will also remain anonymous upon request and all donors will receive a special mention on the show unless otherwise noted and our first donor to receive a special mention is John Burke for one dollars for episode 115.
2: Yes and it's a recurring donation too which is something cool that that PayPal does and they let you know that that's the case Um, so. And speaking of which if you're doing recurring donations and
1: you get above the $100 amount let us know you know we're just going to do the honor system. Obviously, we can keep up with it if we want to go back, but uh, we're just going to do the honor system. Let us know, and we'll put you as an associate executive producer. And then once you get above 200, we'll do executive producer.
2: Yeah. And it'll basically be for the episode that that, that com- the, the following episode from when the donation happens. So if you send the donation in on a Wednesday, it'll be counted for the episode for the, the following week. Um, yeah so yeah uh thank you guys uh for all of the support for showing up for the live streams for commenting i mean uh joseph had somebody on tiktok he sent me a screenshot of of it this week where someone was like hey are you guys okay what there was no episode we did there was no episode this past week and uh so that's the kind of stuff that when you when you start to get people who are regularly keeping up with you uh it just it feels good i don't know a better way of putting it honestly yeah um
1: it really does it does it gives us that uh, – it's nice to have that little dose of motivation.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. So, I have three things oh, that I – I
1: need to ask you a question, though, about the value, Oh, value. yeah, yeah. You had something. Yeah. I'm putting John Burke down as a producer for episode 115. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, real time. I don't care.
2: We're doing it live. Uh, I need to clip would that. What
1: you say is a return on investment that. for – people who donate because you know
2: one of the things that why yeah it's well that's what that's what the value for value is for so the value that you receive from whatever we're doing we're asking for either time talent or treasure in return so if you don't if you you know the the economy sucks right now everyone knows that um so if if for instance your monetary isn't the, the way that you can go about it um supporting the show by what uh no agenda calls hitting people in the mouth which is essentially letting them know about the show uh Mm -hmm. sharing content sharing clips Um, sharing videos that we post or just sharing the podcast from whatever you happen to be using for your podcast uh, service which one of these days now that we're live streaming and we have a lot of other people who are coming in specifically to 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 listen and watch during the live stream we'll do a we'll do a little podcasting 2.0 thing at some point to try to uh, let people know a little bit more about that but that's that's for another day but that's essentially what the the roi is it's like if you're listening to it uh, and and you're like, I like this. I'd like to support these guys. And you do a recurring donation of five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you think. That's the value that you're getting out of it because the return on investment is well, we're listening to the show for two hours, or I've been watching a lot of their videos, what the stuff that they're covering, uh, and I want to give back value for what I'm getting. Yeah. And this is this is kind of how we subvert a lot of the stuff. Uh, that uh, youtube is doing because as much as we would be completely happy with you guys sending in super chats doing whatever um you only you, you lose 30 percent of the super chat uh whereas with paypal even though we and i'm going to talk about it a little bit when we talk about isom number one mm-hmm. where i kind of get my first thoughts on that um paypal for now is a decent way for us to get the set up. we're not making the kind of money that like eric july was where they're gonna go after him or they're they're gonna see like this million dollars in his account and you know attempt to crack down on him because they think they can take advantage of him uh it's just different for us that's that's all it comes down to it's also why we have uh, a bitcoin donation link um because that's a decentralized currency it's something that's more of a uh a savings type thing um over time and it's also just a way that you completely uh subvert and get around a lot of the uh, monetary issues that shows like ours or people who are doing certain uh projects that aren't as friendly to uh these big corporations yep Uh, it's just the 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 way that you get around things
1: and about the price point the reason why we tell you you decide what you think our content is worth because it gives us feedback on to let us know the amount of quality we need to produce, along with the yield of time we need to invest. And so, a lot of times, when you think about DVDs or when you think about albums or songs now, from what Steve Jobs did, which really ruined the music industry too, yeah. uh, and stuff. It's really just when it comes to entertainment, even the movies, it's an artificial p- price point that people have been forced into, to where like you know maybe for you know House of the Dragon, for example, I'd be willing to spend thirty dollars to watch that uh instead of for the rings of power i wouldn't spend a dollar to watch it Uh, Uh, you know what i mean so
2: well you know it 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 definitely works out that way obviously we would probably be willing to spend some money on uh rings of power since it's actually helped our channel grow yes
1: yeah (laughs) despite how terrible it is like if we didn't have the channel if i was just you know casually viewing
2: Right. All right. Well, let's, let's jump into it, uh, with a show. We've talked, we've talked enough about our value for value system. Um, you guys can check out the show notes for, uh, this episode from our podcasting and I'll, I'll start posting that stuff into, uh, the descriptions for the live streams probably starting next week. Um, Anyway, uh I wanted to to cover a couple things before we get into the meat of our our show cuz there were a, I've been playing catch up recently on a lot of stuff. Um now that Rings of Power starting to uh we you know, we've only got one more episode of that and House of the Dragon's yeah. only got three two more episodes, 9 two and 10. Two more episodes, yeah, 9 and 10. Uh I uh a couple things. Um I'm still trying to get you to to watch some of this and i'm hoping maybe down the line we'll actually be able to do some live stream slash videos about it okay. uh i watched everything everywhere all at once last week um it's the best movie that i've seen this year um, almost
1: watched it yesterday
2: it is i would but say i decided to watch this dc
1: superhero pet movie on yeah. hbo so i just didn't want to think about anything
2: <laughs> um i uh I always find it really funny because I don't mean to constantly dote on movies that come out of a 24 because I feel like it's kind of a, like there are people who find that to be kind of pretentious or whatever. Yeah. But they're the only production company. Well, maybe not the only one, but they're one of the only production companies that's green lighting, interesting projects, even if they suck. Right. Like they, they put out a movie. I can't remember if it was this year or last year about a, a, a um uh, a husband the and Great wife no, okay. well yes that too but they, that they, they put out this movie about a husband and wife who find a child who has the head of a lamb oh yeah yeah yep. uh and mcg watched it because i had mentioned it to him and he watched it and he sent me a <laughs> he sent me a message i think on discord and he's like yeah dude that movie sucked <laughs> Um, but they've also done they've done a lot of stuff that that people really like a lot of people really like hereditary Um, they did mm -hmm. the witch which is one of my my favorites and it's from uh, Robert Eggers the same guy that did uh, the Northman this year Mm -hmm. uh, which was another really good movie it also happened I'm pretty sure the Northman was in a 24 movie as well Um, so it's not on purpose it's just you know, when you have certain things that show up, certain types of movies that show up that do interesting things, they do different things, or they take something like multiverses and they make it work better than Marvel does. Yep. And you go, oh, all right. And they're actually trying new
1: things too, dude. It's
2: h- it's hilarious. It's probably That's like
1: even with the Green Knight. Even though I thought it, they did a, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. I at least have respect for them because at least they're trying to be different now, yeah, not for yeah. the sake of being different but they're trying to it's not like i'm just going to create something different and that's it but they're attempting to actually do everything
2: well yeah it's it's creative um it's one of the funniest movies that i've seen this year um and maybe even in recent history just like all of the situations and the way that they handle the different multiverses that are involved in this, and I, I was, I was, uh, I was talking to my barber today actually, and I was telling him about it, and every time, and I think I told Tyler this too. The way I've mm-hmm. I've been trying to explain it to people is that it's, it's a family drama surrounded by like a multiverse sci-fi story, because the whole thing is is very centered on this uh this chinese family and they own a um a laundromat Mm -hmm. and there's all the i won't i'm not going to spoil anything really but there's all uh, there's all of these different um uh interactions that are going on with each of the main characters family members so her husband her daughter and her father are i think the three major uh, other major characters and if you guys want to see what we talk about a lot when it comes to character development and how you do that early on uh, something that rings of power has not done uh, and then the way that you can set things up quickly, but also you feel sort of for the character that, is in this situation. This movie is a great example of that. I think at the first 10 minutes of the movie, you already have a really good idea of the relationships between all these characters, the stakes that are going on with each of each of the characters, uh, with the main character, as well as with each, uh, the rest of them. Um, you know, cause like her, Uh, her father is like really old school and he has certain ideas about the way that the world works and the way that things should be. And it's, it's immediate and you know that and you know how it's going to affect the rest of the story and the impact it's probably going to have on certain characters. Um, So it's really cool. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's good, you know, laughed, Um, you know, you you really feel for uh, the characters going through certain things. There's like, it gets a little heavy at points, but it's also a Kung Fu movie. So there's just a lot of really interesting stuff going on in there, and it's it's one that it's been a while since I've I've watched something where I'm like I need to watch this again, because I don't I don't think I fully absorbed everything that was going on. Right. Um, so it's pretty good. I, I I highly recommend it. You can rent it on Amazon right now for about two bucks. Um. And uh, yeah, everything that, that's all everywhere I say about that. all at once. Everything everywhere all at once. Thank oh, Um I didn't realize it was only two bucks on there. I would have rented
1: it because I saw it on. Uh, Apple iTunes for 6 And I was like no
2: So and then the other thing The other major thing before we get into ISOM That I've uh, caught up on is Spy Family um, Which mm. is going to be honestly, Is season 2 out? Uh, well so it's the second half of season 1 So they did okay. They did the oh. they did the first 12 episodes I think And now they're putting out I assume the next 12 episodes um, And it's great it's hilarious they're actually so they've done a lot of setup in those first 12 episodes and they're now actually bringing in some stakes to the show
1: oh nice which is
2: really it's kind of like a really cool thing to see and that's why i'm curious to see where the rest of it's going to go because now that they've uh they've introduced a lot of uh the main characters we're going to probably see the shift not really in a, a super serious tone Mm-hmm. But they they took it to like another level where it's like there are actually like some stakes now and um, there's some real danger going on uh, with where they are in the plot right now. And love it. Love it. I really
1: need to watch the first. I've been telling you for a while I would and I will. I will. Dang it. I will.
2: Yeah. Uh, animation is really good. Otherwise, David's going to um, kill me. Y'all want to hear <laughs> from me again. Um, they introduced the dog and the dog and the little girl. Uh y'all anya is that right
1: that's right no no i thought on was it anya the killer assassin lady? no
2: no that's that's the female how. uh your then um, yeah it is on yeah you're right it's in yeah. uh someone yeah, in the troll, editing those clips so. someone in the troll room will remind me if i got her name wrong but i'm pretty sure it's anya um th- so the dog can see into the future and she can oh is this am i spoiling things i'm sorry y'all uh, maybe ugh, crap i already said it come on david
1: <laughs> jeez
2: but it's it's such a good it's hardly Tell a spoiler Dave
1: how mad you are at him by donating yeah.
2: 50 to our show right uh, now <laughs> it, it's i won't spoil i won't spoil anything for for the new part of the season other one well, now that i said that but the dynamic between the dog and her is great and the, the it's really funny to have a voice actor playing the dog and just going borf all the time because that's how it barks um i i'm yeah i'm gushing over the show it's going to be really hard oh perfect yeah, it is Anya. um it's going to be really hard uh deciding at the end of the year now obviously house of the dragon isn't over yet it's going to be hard for me if if i'm forced to pick top three for television this year it's spy family Reach and house of the dragon them. and i and i don't know what's going to be the third on on there um there was something... Can't
1: be Arcane, because that was last year.
2: Yeah. Um, anyway, I've right. got to gotta sit down and like think about it a little bit more, but if I was forced to try to pick an actual ranking of the, mm-hmm. the top three, I think I'd have a really hard time between House of the Dragon and Spy Family right now.
1: House of the, House of the Dragon would probably be... Term, terminal
2: List was good. Um, I don't know if it would make my top three.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I will say, solid. though, that they did... I watched the movie Dog this past week on Amazon that has Channing Tatum in it terminal is way better. <laughs> just, <laughs> way better but i am glad at least the dog didn't never mind i'm not going to spoil it but <laughs> i almost did uh i will spoil rings of power sauron dies in the end just to let everyone know
2: yeah 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 A seal door's <laughs> apparently dead right now too which yeah. is ridiculous uh, um but yeah, I uh, highly recommend both of those. Uh, Terminal List 2, I know somebody in the troll room mentioned that. I, I, it, you need to update... Great. It's very you solid. Need
1: to, you need to update our list, by the way. Uh, our TV show and movie list that you have for me to watch. I put some other I stuff on I need there. to watch Spy Family. I don't really like, watch a ton of TV, so... TV shows, specifically. TV shows.
2: Okay. Well, Troll Room, if you guys have any stuff that you've seen specifically this year or within the last couple of years that you think that Joseph should be watching. um, And there might be some stuff in there that I haven't seen either. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, RIP,
1: Kelleborn Isildur, Sauron, we barely knew you. That's what Nathaniel (laughs) in the Troll Room said.
2: And I know you haven't received your copy yet, but I got my ISOM number one signed Uh, by mr eric july this past week um the the lovely people at the u.s postal service thought it would be a great idea to leave roughly two hundred dollars worth of uh material out on my front porch (laughs) yeah um so i uh i read it read it the night that i got it i'm still waiting on my cover bees uh my signed cover he dies in the end doesn't he who eats uh no what (laughs) just kidding um it's it's good. It's a really good setup. Uh, the art is great. Um, I am curious about where it is where it's going forward. Um, and I had heard a couple people mention that one of their like minor criticisms of it is that uh, there's a uh, a plot that sort of just gets dropped about halfway through um, the first issue. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's true. It kind of just ends, and you don't know.
1: I thought the like main where? issue was gonna be that it was a uh, diverse character not going along with the mainstream media. Oh no, diverse, it's, it's you know, no,
2: dude, the people who go after him for stuff are hilarious. Or it's like they keep like they were pissed off that he put an ad for his wife's business in the uh, in the comic. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah, that super drink. Yeah. People got mad at him because he wore like a, a slightly wrinkled T-shirt and one of his like promo videos for it. Like they all <laughs> sorts of all sorts of stuff. Um, but, but it's good. Making waves. Uh, I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong.
1: Everyone's open to criticism, but good criticism. I know yeah. for me, uh, I often think about my wife just because uh, uh, she handles things differently than I do. And I thought about post. I didn't on Facebook today. So I'll say it on the live stream instead in case it blows up uh but i thought about posting on facebook today is it the political season yet to where the democrats get mad at everyone who is diverse but doesn't go along with them and then the republicans prop them up as (laughs) being their (laughs) things
2: my uh my favorite thing that's going on right now politically is that all of the um conservative pundits are going after libertarians because they're worried about getting votes taken away They're, they're like you know the republican candidates suck but uh, it, it's immoral for like literally. Prager said it's immoral for you to vote for um another candidate, like a libertarian candidate in particular. Yeah, and so there's which is the
1: reason why we're bringing this up. Yeah, Eric July is a anarcho libertarian, and and we are too. If you're if you're not for, if you're new to and you just listen to us on YouTube, we used to do a social and entertainment episode, but recently uh, stopped that just because to time and and many other reasons involved in Research. that. But we're looking. <laughs> Yeah, research is being being able to, um, you know, rationally we'll, talk about things and know things. But the goal is yeah. eventually to get there. The you know donations get to that point where we can. But right now, it's on the back burner.
2: We'll rebrand it. I'm honestly thinking it'll end up just being a second podcast at this yeah, point. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. I think that'd be a good idea. Uh, um. Anyway, we'll so call,
1: we'll just call it David and Joseph. Are right about everything.
2: If if you're interested in um, supporting Eric, um, you can actually go to the ripiverse website I'll, I'll put it in the chat for everybody and then um if you're listening to this uh later on not live uh it'll be in the show notes if his website's actually working today i know they've been um bogged down recently uh yeah, all right well yeah wait wait it's loading it's loading here we go here we go here we go here we go almost there um and then we're gonna i want to talk about uh some volcano logic if you're up for it i have a clip we haven't done we haven't done clips in a while so So, i I have a clip So when
1: we reviewed the episode i was right that it doesn't work that way just to let everyone know i just knew i was like i don't think i think there needs to be uh you know more pressurization for water water can make a lava erupt right volcano erupt but doesn't really sure. work the way that they
2: showed it so. <laughs> they just dump a massive river yeah. <laughs> in mount doom yeah. I, and, and even that man it's like it's not even the dumbest thing about that yeah. episode it's that all of those people survived um and i can I,
1: really overlook that it was just for me it was the shock wave that emanated, emanated i'm sorry from- did you just
2: did you just say that you could overlook an eruption not wiping out an entire group of people?
1: No, no. I can overlook the water causing (laughs) the eruption. okay. (laughs) Okay. But it was a shockwave, and then the pyroclastic flow to the face everyone received. But, you know, Tolkien never said they couldn't withstand that, David, so... Uh, Yeah, exactly. That's that's the logic we're using these days.
2: I I found this clip because I I had told some people I would look into sort of the logic behind what was going on with that. And, you know, we get that, that complaint a lot of the time. Well, it's a fantasy series. They can do whatever they want. It's like, well, there, has to be some, there still has to be logic to the world that you've created. Well, um, stop right there. Okay.
1: I'll put it how Tolkien put it. You have suspension of disbelief, and then you have secondary belief. Secondary belief would be dragons. We all know dragons aren't real. But within the world, it's real and makes sense. Suspension of disbelief comes in when, as you pointed out in our review on the Rings of Power, these are going to be my own words, paraphrasing what Tolkien said – that we are humans, we understand things as humans. If you're going to put things that are inherent to your fantasy world that follow physics and logic and things like that, then it has to be consistent. Or like, for example, if a hundred, if everyone in, you know, your universe can live when a falling 15 feet, right? But then the one person comes by and he falls 15 feet and he dies, you need to explain that. Or like e- everyone who falls 15 feet dies, but then one person comes along and he lives. That sure. needs some explaining, right? Sure. It's the same thing like with the cloud in the last episode, the pyroclastic uh, <sighs> cloud of ash, lightning, fire, so on and so forth. You need to explain why some people are able to live and some people can't, because that's yeah. going to kill most people. Then you have other problems that arise, such as the dragons and barrocks, et cetera. So it just, it takes it also away from the, tension in the stakes because yes, it's fantasy, but that doesn't mean you can just do whatever you want to, to get yourself out of poor, poor writing. Right.
2: So I went to the most famous and popular, uh, event of a volcano eruption in history. I would say, um, that is pretty similar to what was going on in the show. It's about a three minute clip. And I, I just wanted to play this for everyone so that they can get an idea of, uh, what, what actually happens when a volcano erupts and you're that close to it.
3: The Roman city of Pompeii, first century AD.
2: I'm pretty sure this an is a... Uh, vibrant and copyright progressive
3: free. <laughs> Naples. With Mount Vesuvius we'll towering over the city. You're gonna get... Inactive for centuries, the I'll people keep an eye of Pompeii had no fear of the great volcano. <laughs> but deep inside Vesuvius molten rock had been leaking from the earth's crust a thick plug of rock in a volcano blocked its exit, and explosive pressure slowly grew inside go back to that image real fast
1: what the this one yeah that's what's known as a caldera and a caldera um mountain doom is not that just for those idiots that keep telling me on the video on tiktok that the Eagles could have just dropped it off. Mount Doom isn't a caldera where you can just go over. Okay, play it. That sidebar. Right,
2: sidebar. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Like, wh- yeah, what, what we were given in Rings of Power in particular, it exploded out of the top. It, yeah. it was a volcano.
3: That's you yeah. know Explosive pressure slowly grew inside. On the morning of August twenty-fourth, seventy-nine A.D., Pompeii was about to meet its fate. the volcano finally erupted, sending molten rock 15 kilometers into the sky. The day turned black, as the hot rock mixed with the air over Pompeii, blocking the sun, cooling, and falling on the city as pumice rock, ash, and rain. Four billion tons of material would fall on Pompeii within 24 hours. Ash and magma collided in the air, triggering volcanic lightning. As the eruption continued, the magma chamber eventually emptied and collapsed. The first pyroclastic surge towards Pompeii begins. These are ground-hugging avalanches of hot ash, pumice, and volcanic gas that rushed towards Pompeii at 100 kilometers per hour.
2: It's about 60 miles an hour,
3: give or take. I lift it up. The first surge falls just short of the city, but asphyxiation from toxic gas and ash killed many. h 2s being one, probably the primary. 16 hours after the first eruption, the volcano column completely gave way. Pyroclastic waves smashed through houses, leaving victims instantaneously encased in blankets of ash and pumice. The city and its people were frozen in time. Mount Vesuvius buried Pompeii in 25 meters of volcanic rock and ash. Pompeii was rediscovered by accident over 1,500 years later in 1594.
2: Right, so all all, all of that to be said, no one would have survived that.
1: No, no th- one would th- have. They the would problem have died is, is th- they have certain people living, most people living, and then only a few dying. Like, why are we getting these scenes of this one guy has his leg blown off, this one guy sever- severely burned, Yeah, but Gladriel barely has a scratch on her, tar- like all these different people, right? Everyone would have been dead, and again, the problem is, is that when that happens, especially – you know, you realize as the audience, it takes you out of the immersion because all the main characters have plot armor. Major so it, plot armor. <laughs> it messes, yeah, it messes with the tensions and stakes, and that's and, something as a writer, you got to be able to understand and adapt.
2: What would you call uh, Bronwyn's ability to constantly look like she just left <laughs> the uh, the salon? What kind of armor would that be? Can we call that, like, salon armor? Where She she looks like she's been completely made up. Like, she wasn't anywhere near anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, at least... I mean, it was stupid, but at least Galadriel looked like she got hit by, like, a giant dust bowl, right? Uh, And they put a little little fire on the horse. (laughs) Freaking get out so (laughs) fast. Like, so many things, but... (laughs) Flaming hot Cheeto Galadriel. That's a good one. Uh, Yeah, I just... I, I thought it was completely completely ridiculous and then
1: like the other thing that nathaniel <laughs> brings up is in the troll room is how in the heck did Hallbrand get stabbed there, and there's so many things we can get in you can go listen to our rings of power review we didn't get into everything and a lot of times what happens like is two like, hours. Oh, yeah, I, I mentioned that I, though I, I forgot to mention this i forgot to mention that and yeah. i also said in our last rings of power episode i'm going to get more Sorry. into the lore uh and then I say in the next episode, I may wait until we do a recap of the Rings of Power to really go into everything they broke. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they broke in the last episode. One thing I did get wrong, though, is that the secret names part is right. Yeah. That they did get that right. Yeah. But the part that's wrong is that I am right on, is that it doesn't go during the fourth, during the third, and like that. Right. Uh, that's something passed on the people who they, again, believe are reincarnated. And then also Elrond shouldn't have known. Um, I didn't mention this. That I really... I wanted to. I think you were talking, then I lost my train of thought and forgot. <laughs> but Elrond shouldn't know. Ka- the, the language of the dwarves in khazad Ka- their language is yeah. secret. No one knows that. Okay. So, again, even he shouldn't if they even, wanted, to, even even if they wanted right. to break it, they should have... Again, that's what we talk about, letting scenes and things breathe. They should have shown Elrond... First off, Elrond shouldn't even be the one in khazad Doom. It should be Celebrimbor. Uh, but at least be able to from a story perspective, taking K- Tolkien out of it and the lore out of it, show him spending time with them uh, or, or giving us at least some flashbacks of, you know, him sp- being really friendly with the dwarves and coming to learn to pick up on things or having like, Hey, it was actually, even if you want to do a flow away line, it was actually, you know, during the fourth, during the third's father saying I'm the one that actually taught Elrond, you know yeah. what I mean? Just yeah. something.
2: Yeah. I, it is, it is really an interesting thing because the show definitely needs to breathe in areas, but they spend so much time doing that with things that don't matter. Mm. Um, And we, uh, by now, a lot of the people listening to this have probably already heard about this Hollywood reporter article. I mean, we talked about, about it some in our last review. Um, The funniest thing from this, uh, there's a a line way down here at the end. This thing is so long. I I, I honestly don't even recommend people reading it because uh, it, They're just uh, gaslighting you. Well, not just that, but they, they're on the defensive for this. I mean, they're, they're trying to do damage control, Uh, but they have this uh, quote from this insider and it it says uh, it was never about critics. It's all about consumers. Uh, The insider says all Jeff cares about is consumer obsession. If you look at the history of Amazon, every division lived and died based on that dragon meaning house of the dragon matters because all of a sudden there's this benchmark. It is their closest competitor, uh, uh, Compare. I think he says comp here. I think he means comparison um, mm-hmm. to success. When they saw Dragon grew in its second episode and brought in twenty million viewers, they were shitting their pants. Yeah. Which is, you don't do that unless you're you're worried about your show. Yeah. And we're and I've been I've been saying this a lot. Uh, you you don't have a billion dollar show where that is the reaction.
1: No, you don't. And Jennifer Salt come out saying that we had uh, what was it, a hundred million? Did she say views or minutes? I can't remember exactly what it was. I, I want to make
2: sure they keep changing it. I'm they keep changing right. it around. Sometimes it's clicks. Sometimes it's views. Sometimes yeah. it's watched minutes. And um, so,
1: but it's not unique views. I mean, that's the thing. like, you know, you divide everything up. And I think, if I remember correctly, I, I just did the math offhand. I think I came down to like uh, a s- s- sub eight million. Uh, so, I mean, again, that's for a billion dollar production. You can't have that kind of result. And this is other thing that you have pulled up right here is this Amazon analyst said he fell asleep watching the rings of power. And I think at the end of the article, it says like, it may be in the beginning too, but at some point in the article, he says like somewhere between 85 and 95% of prime members aren't interested in it. So I mean that's just yeah. Do you want to get into the
2: article or uh, you can if you want to. Uh, All right, yeah, let's go through it then. All right, so analyst fix the chat window. <laughs> keep
1: going. Amazon analyst Tom Forte was already concerned about the performance of the company's Lord of the Rings TV show, but after he watched several episodes, he became even more worried about the one billion dollar project. <laughs> this is what he said. Quote and I quote. We fell asleep during our first viewings of (laughs) episode one. (laughs) I wanted to do, bro. Completely understand. Three and four. So episodes one, three, and four, they fell asleep. And I've not watched episode five yet due to a combination of not enjoying the first four episodes and a busy schedule. AKA, that's really bad. So he's an analyst at DA Davidson. uh, And he wrote, this is what he wrote in a recent note to the investors. The show is... Amazon is hinging everything on this production. Uh, so it's really interesting to me, like given the stakes, why Amazon, again, because they're, we got into it last week, it's because they're yes men, the showrunners, And, you know, there's a reason why they didn't, you know, uh, send Peter Jackson the scripts and ghosted him. There's a reason why they chose to do, a second age show without really having the rights of what they needed when they shouldn't have—that's their problem. They intentionally did that. They didn't do that by accident. They wanted to because they wanted to craft their own postmodernist vision into Tolkien, right? Yeah. And so, uh, the as we have said before, Bezos famously said we wanted, uh, demanded that the company come up with an answer for HBO's Game of Thrones mega hit, and that's really narrative-wise exactly like Game of Thrones. Again. It's not necessarily you can't do that, but you better do it well, and they haven't. So uh, Lord of the Rings has been met with poor user reviews online. They've come up with the myth of review bombing. And it's funny because that's only ever viewed one way, not the other way, like positive review bombing. The reality is if you just have a crap show, people are gonna call you out on it. And it's not like people just doing it just to hate are gonna be outweighed by people who like it. Because you and I, I mean, we've talked about it before, We don't have the most positive outlook when things get announced from Hollywood because of how bad the writing's been. We typically approach everything in a pessimistic lens, including House of the Dragon, especially coming off Game of Thrones season six through eight, especially uh, season eight. And so, you know, we thought this season we thought House of Dragon was going to be terrible. Uh,
2: Yeah, I thought it was going to I mean, I think at this point, even if the show had been quite a bit worse it probably would have been one of the better new releases mm-hmm. of this like second half of the year considering how bad well I can't really speak for Andor because I haven't gone back to watch it since his first three episodes I just I can't bring myself to right now it, it, it was I just don't really care I'm sli- just kind of yeah, I'm a lot to do with in
1: Star Wars um, but yeah no and so Forte said that He was originally hopeful ahead of the show's launch, but has gotten more bearish as the weeks progress. As of September 28th, according to Rotten Tomatoes, shill site, this critic's score was an impressive 84%, but his audience score was a lackluster 38% the analyst wrote. Going into the launch, he expected the audience score to start low as hardcore Tolkien fans were likely to be the first to watch it. And likely to be the most critical, then improve over time as more casual fans got involved, but that hasn't happened. <laughs> Nearly one yeah. month after its September 1st launch and five episodes in on an eight episode season, the audience response, as measured by Rotten Tomatoes, is far worse than we initially expected, as suggested by the critics' warm reception, uh, and is not improving as we had initially anticipated. In a statement to Insider earlier this week, Amazon said that the series continues to be the most watched show worldwide on Prime Video, breaking all previous reviewing records. (laughs) An Amazon spokesperson previously previously told Insider that audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes have been unfairly lowered by a review bombing campaign orchestrated by malicious online actors. This occurs when users intentionally try to lower a movie or show's audience score in bad faith. Myth. In the case of the Rings of Power, some fans ridiculed the series for including characters of color,
2: which it's it's so funny because and and Mahler said this, and I thought this was a very like apt way of of putting it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, hang on, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, he said that when your show is good, even if you're upset about certain casting mm-hmm. situations, because we we know, that they're they're not doing it with altruistic intentions. Mm-hmm. If the show's good, like House of the Dragon is, you go, well, that's not the way that I would have done it, but the show's so good, I don't really care. Yeah,
1: and when it makes sense within the world too, that where they do it in a plausible way, yeah, right? Sure. Again, that comes with being genuine about it, and as we know, Hollywood. It's amazing to me how people fall for this fake altruistic bullcrap from Hollywood when these are the people, the reason, the very freaking reason why the me too movement part, the very freaking reason why, you know, uh, for a long time it was hard for, you know, any, anyone who didn't tote the main line to get roles, right?
2: You want to know something funny? Whether,
1: regardless of your skin color, your gender, your orientation, your religion, your creed, your politics. If you didn't tote, it it was just really difficult because of these people. So now all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're just going to do this lazy thing of just whatever swapping to, you know, seem like we have good intentions, where if they really were, you'd see more things coming from, uh, you know, Asia, Africa, South America, so on and so forth with genuine intentions. Like I, most all of us, I mean, we can we've done it before. I'm not going to do it again. We've gone through movies that we've enjoyed that most people have enjoyed, that have been big box office hits too, of other cultures. And we all enjoy that. It's okay for a movie or TV show to have an all black cast, all white cast, all Hispanic, Asian, whatnot. Right. One of our biggest, one of, one of my biggest complaints with avatar, the last airbender is why am I seeing these white actors on the screen? They're Asian in the source material. That's what I want to see because that's who I've come to know, right? And that's kind of what it involves. Like taking taking the politics bullcrap out of it, when there's a a character that has been written a certain way for so long, regardless, if you want to say a character that's been progressive or he's or he or she's been conservative for the entire history, then when they make the show, they're like, We're gonna take this progressive character and now we're gonna make them uh conservative because we love trump and we think he's the best right or we're going to take this conservative and we're going to make them a progressive character because we love biden we think he's the best or whatever bullcrap you want to say then generally speaking that should be met with ridicule
2: yeah yeah um somebody in the troll room mentioned uh uh Encanto, which i haven't seen um but i i like uh oh shoot the name of it slipped my mind. The one with the that that's based on Day of the Dead. Um with the the little boy and he he ends up in the afterlife. Uh Balto? Balto. No, that's about a dog in Alaska. Balto?
1: It just sounded uh, like something that would be animated. Uh,
2: me. <laughs> oh my gosh. The troll room will have to remind me of the movie that I'm talking about. Anyway, it's it's really good. It's a really good movie, you know, it's about family. You we talk about this all coco. the time coco thank you uh it it's, oh yeah that was a great movie yeah and uh I'll, what's the other one with the uh
1: oh man that it broke all the uh iceberg what's that freaking anya and elsa Ty- titanic no anya and elsa the disney movie
2: oh you said that, that uh, an iceberg uh,
1: yeah no uh <laughs> it's what's it's, it called it's frozen frozen that's <laughs> it uh no it broke all those records in, in Canto, that's what it's called.
2: Um. But yeah, uh, Coco is a great example because yep. the the movie is about family, and everyone can. Oh, okay, I won't say everybody. Some people have really bad families, uh, but you can you can appreciate what that movie is getting across because family is a thing no matter where you come from no matter your ethnicity or what part of the world um and even if if you don't you can kind of f- like feel for the movie anyway because you're like man it would be great to have that kind of experience have that kind of family mm-hmm. have the, the that that thing going on um so yeah it's it's what we talk about all the time but yeah that that one was um Coco, in particular, is one that I think about. It's funny that, like, a, a lot of the time, animated stuff seems to be able to push those those boundaries really well. Mm-hmm. And it's like we were talk. We've always talked about that if if you want to do uh, an an ethnically diverse, uh, movie, uh, use the culture from from that. Yeah. Uh, don't don't make another Twelve Years a Slave movie. Make something with the with african folklore in it and it doesn't have to be like a heavy thing right it can have um it can be a little more subtle
3: it can be a modern
2: modern take on certain things i mean you look at what what marvel's done with a lot of the north norse mythology or what a lot of people have done with norse mythology you could even what god of war did with greek mythology and now norse mythology um they they kind of made it their own their own thing they took those elements those things that were really cool about it even if they were changing a lot especially like god of war like obviously Mm -hmm. isn't isn't an accurate portrayal of of a lot of that because they're they all die uh but yeah it's it's really cool Uh,
1: it's quite comical too because they're like instead of creating a work from a non-white person we're just going to take this work this white person did (laughs) just shoehorn in these characters that fit our mold and when you right. have like the Rage of Dragons by Evan Winter sitting there right there for your taking but Evan Winter I'm sure you know he, he, the money would be nice but Hollywood's writing is terrible so I don't know get the people who did House of the Dragon only sell it to them because well, I don't yeah. want them to ruin your work but you also but, you
2: see you can you see what can become of something when the you know someone like george is involved in house of the mm-hmm. dragon where it he's the one kind of making the changes and whether you agree with them or not um the show is good man uh it uh I, again I, I still we got two more episodes of this season uh yep. so i'm not i'm not quite ready to to give like a final judgment on it uh but yeah i i, I think well, that it's just kind of stuff that we we constantly talk about where it's it's like yeah. there are ways that can do it but it, it will not happen one, because there hasn't been enough of a push, uh, in Hollywood for it because they're not going to listen. They're not listening to us and not in that sense. Yeah. Um, there are some people who have pushed for those kind of things. Like we talked about a while back when, um, Uh, bel-air came out and there was a a black uh woman who is a director and she was asked she basically was just asking the question like where is the black indiana jones where's our macgyver where you know just those stories that not a not macgyver who is of a different ethnicity but where is like a brand new story that it, it has um so the those same sort of traditions yeah as indiana jones Those pulp action movies right i mean shaft shaft is kind of cl- close to what you get for something like that but that falls into some of that black exploitation, which isn't necessarily looked upon uh right v- in a good light uh but yeah i i just um getting back on on track right here back to this yeah.
1: article just i'll close it out real fast uh so he goes on to say that uh the person writing this article Forte is now trying to quantify the risk to Amazon if the show isn't a mega hit Amazon executives will be closely watching what percentage of all prime video streams the project represents and how many inactive prime accounts Logged on to watch the rings of power inside a previously report so Forte says if we work off of Amazon's reported figures of 25 million viewers for the launch and an audience of 200 million prime members who engage with prime video we come up with the following 12.5% penetration or 87.5% lack of interest, Forte wrote, which by the way, that $25 million was a sample. It, uh, and again, one of the things that people have to understand, like even with the Nielsen ratings, they did it. They quantify all those who watch more than six minutes. So if you, uh, or who at least watch six minutes, excuse me. Yeah. So if you watch six minutes and 30 seconds and decide to turn it off, you're still counted. So that's an important to note. So if we marry, Forte goes on to say, if we marry the audience score, then we get the following. 9.5 million viewers liked it, 38% of 25 million, suggesting 4.75% penetration, meaning 95.25% did not like it or are not interested in it. He added in the research note, so as much as 95.25% of Prime members may not be happy about paying, 20%. Per year for Prime because of Amazon's content spinning, including Lord of the Rings, and it sort of matches up. Uh, there's this YouTube channel. There, there's many Lord YouTube channels I like regarding Lord of the Rings, but the primary one I've always liked is Men of the West. You always highly recommend you subscribe to his can his channel. Yeah, nice seem, seems like a good guy. Yeah, he puts a positive spin at the end of all his videos. He's really much of a person like even when he was criticizing the show he was adamant like I'm I know I realize the showrunners are people. I'm not attacking them as people. I'm just criticizing their writing. You know, we want to proceed forth in love and it was a good reminder for me and I appreciated it cuz I definitely uh regardless of how people act, I don't want them I don't want to be unloving myself. Uh but so yeah, highly recommend that, but he put out a poll and it matches like his last poll he put out for his last episode had like uh, more than 11,000 votes on it. And like 54% of people just either, uh, didn't care for it or didn't watch it. And then yeah. like, I think 20 something percent, uh, didn't like it. And then the rest was like, thought it was average. And then like 11% thought it was, uh, average and then 11 percent thought it was good so that kind of matches up again that's one anecdotal thing from men of the west That's not exactly you know uh something empirical but uh it does match up with what that analyst said so uh,
2: yeah i mean again i'll I'll, I, I'll keep kind of bringing this point up is that you can't have a show that they spend a billion dollars on that's just okay
1: mm-hmm
3: like yeah, you, ju- you mean, just you have can't knock have that it out the park.
2: yeah it, it's it, uh, i understand I, I understand where people are coming from when they say that because there's a lot of people that are just casual viewers people put stuff on in the background they're not paying very close attention to it and they're picking up on certain elements and they're like well i don't know it's it seems kind of fine to me and i just don't think a lot of people are always paying attention to this stuff because when you break it down, when you really look at Rings of Power, it's a disaster. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um yeah, anyway. Um well, yeah. That's all I have
1: to say about that, as Forrest Gump famously said.
2: Yeah. Um is anybody in the in the troll room, are y'all still watching Rings of Power? Sound off. I'd I'd be curious to know if, if you guys have actually been attempting to keep up with it for whatever your reason reasoning might be. Um but we're gonna move on. Um to no one's surprise, with this next uh, article, I originally was going to pull the tweets up, but Billy Eichner decided that he wanted to delete them, which was probably for the best. But as you and I both know, the internet never forgets anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bounding into Comics, one of the the places that, that kept up with this, uh, kept all his tweets. Um, so if you guys aren't aware yet, Billy Eichner, who uh, is famous for man on the street stuff that's the only stuff that i know him from, really and i'm sure there's some other things that he's done but he 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 wrote and i think produced this this romantic comedy that came out a couple weeks ago ago called bros i saw one ad for this randomly on like instagram or or Mm -hmm. some social media didn't know what it was was like okay cool i don't care like i don't. and he uh made some tweets recently uh and bounding into comics uh writes for their headline billy eichner blames homophobia uh from straight people for box office failure of his gay romantic comedy bros um now i won't i do not have these pictures and i will not be showing these but chrissy mayer um went to go see it and i was curious what was going on with the movie Mm -hmm. um and she had a couple photos uh that she took in the theater which Mm -hmm. i thought was really funny it's very risqué, very obscene.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've heard, I was listening to a review from Chris Gore, a film threat, and he was, uh, talking about talking his friends who, uh, are, uh, I'm trying to be respectful here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I, want to just say the right thing. People who have same sex attraction saw it that he's friends with, and one of the things that they were and I think and some that wouldn't go see it because from the trailer uh, apparently just leans really hard into the uh, stereotypes they get put in. Yeah. And so I think this is one of the things that we've talked about before in, on our social episodes in the past is that and even in our entertainment episodes is that it seems that groups of people get typecasted and stereotype like Southerners too, uh, oh, e- yeah. even if even if it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, cu- culturally like that and so leans really and so this movie leans really hard into those stereotypes of gay people
2: and so Let's see. um i wanted to to read some of these
1: Do they have from any? what they said i haven't seen it but i think too if you're okay. again he I, from what i remember with his tweets and his promotion and marketing of this is criticizing uh straight people saying hey don't go see it and then When you didn't even so you're already doing a movie. The reality is, is like not a ton of people in America and worldwide are LGBTQ, right? So you're already doing a movie to a small minority of people, statistics-wise, right? Right. And so you still have to cater your movie to a somewhat larger audience. It's not that you can't do a same-sex attraction movie, right? But if you're going to then criticize people who are straight. Why would they go see it? And then, furthermore, Billy Eichner, in my opinion, um, I I don't think you can't put him in a movie as a lead. That's a comedy, but I find it. I feel like that. I think that would be really difficult because he doesn't strike me as a lead type of character. Even in the show, again, I want to be respectful of him. I don't know if it's just kind of what the the roles he's been in. Because I enjoyed him in Parks and Rec.
2: Uh, Ooh, that's but, right he wasn't parks and rec forgot about but that. he you know well, he's, he not, listen, he's not listen he's not listen he's not material yeah he's not um i'm not really not trying to be I don't, know, I don't think that i don't he know why
1: get to that point well, but i just don't think
2: he is i don't he, know he,
1: he's it gets it gets difficult after a while
2: he's not someone like scarlett johansson uh, and I, I know they're male female so take he's not tom cruise the guys it doesn't matter what well, the movie, the movie, and the type of movie definitely matters. Rom-coms. Who goes to see rom-coms in the theater anymore? They don't make that kind of money. I mean, I, I wish I had had the the clip pulled up.
1: I actually uh, enjoy rom-coms, by the way. Well, there's
2: well, it's not okay. So it's not they whether really don't you don't make any good ones. Well, it's not whether you like them or not. It's whether you can get enough people to make your money back yep. because that's what and it he, is at the end of the day. I think I
1: think this one was like either twenty through twenty three to twenty eight million dollars they spent to to make this, and that's. And her, and so and that, that may be in ha- combination need, that may be in combination with the marketing. Too, it's not. so, so it's, me. it's not okay.
2: it's a, they needed, I think fifty million to make their money back to break even, which means that if you actually want to make money, you've got to get even even further than that. Um I mean, if you if you don't have, like Tom Cruise is one of the only actors left in Hollywood mm-hmm. who can actually pull. Um, and if you if you're making a romantic comedy, because you don't have the dvd sales like that there's that great clip of i think it's uh matt damon who's talking about why movies don't make their money back anymore and why you can't make a movie that runs roughly 50 million dollars yeah there's there's no the, the aftermarket isn't there the way that it used to be because of digital because of all these things now if you were you had a company like netflix who was willing to back your movie and then put it in the theater like they did with um that Scorsese film that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, the Irishman. Um, the Irishman. Yeah. Um, there, there are ways to go about it. The problem is, is that Hollywood is either still stuck in the past, or they have not figured out how to make something uh, like Bros successful. Now, the thing that you don't do is you, after your movie sucks, you don't come out and attack people who. Yep. A lot of them, until he did this, had no idea this was a thing. I didn't even know this. Yeah. Uh
1: movie existed yeah (laughs) (laughs) i didn't see anything marketing wise for it until this blew up and and then i started to look into it and i've heard and i I mainly i listened to chris gore and film threat talk about the movie because i think he went and saw it and the main thing he got pissed about was the and i think the overarching his overarching point was how it's essentially an uh attack against the uh bill in florida that was called the that was the don't say gay bill that the democrats said that Desantis right. was doing and so uh one of the things being that children should be allowed to have a choice and that parents basically shouldn't be involved and he's like i'm so tired of people in hollywood who don't have children writing about ho- uh, children and I, I slightly disagree with that i don't think you have to have a child in order to be able to be a competent and loving and coherent person to understand certain things again I've never been a person that think, thinks that you specifically have to experience something in order to understand it, although I do agree that, you know, it does help you gain a certain level of understanding with other things. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. Yeah, you have you have more insight, but yeah, you can definitely look upon a situation. It's kind of like the same thing that we get dra- Like when people are like, uh, what, what's the term that they use? Like real critics or like professional yes. critics we we get you know, well thank goodness and it's like what does that even mean and so when you're talking about a conversation and, and you can see things from a certain point of view or you listen to certain people and you're like okay i like what they have to say about this i agree with that person on this this but maybe i disagree here and you had enough conversations with um with uh with people who, who are parents you know um mm-hmm. i've got a, a, a good buddy of mine um who occasionally listens to the show um and he has two kids and we got a couple years ago we got in this like massive argument about homeschooling Mm -hmm. um i I say massive it really wasn't that big of a deal uh he has kids i don't have kids um he was not into the homeschooling thing he kind of has that had excuse me that uh thought that it's like oh they're just gonna come these pariahs and they're not gonna be socially uh uh, they're not going to function well socially not in society. Be it's that, what's that? Uh, yeah, it's the, um, the thing that everyone thinks homeschoolers are, are like that, that there's, they have some sort of like issue where they can't be social with people. Yeah. Um, among other things. And then recently, this was probably a couple months ago. He was like, yeah, we're probably homeschooling. Our kids or sending them to, uh, uh, to public or private school. And I was like, Oh really? <laughs> yeah,
1: Cause there, I mean, think
2: about it. You may, you could, there's
1: church for one thing there's uh, the friends and other family you have to socialize there's many there's there's also with homeschool too from what i know from some friends who've been homeschooled they kind of have their own uh school system checked into and so i think this you know for those who know us we know at the end of the day we're going to trust individual people over the government because um, the take government case by case. is looking after their best interest yeah so, yeah oh man um, but uh, anyway, I haven't of even read. By the way, always be my maybe on Netflix is a good one. Just throwing that out there.
2: Have I seen that? Oh, is that the? Okay, sure. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, the only ones that I've liked in semi-recent history are um, Crazy Stupid Love, uh, which is about ten years old at yep. this point. Crazy Stupid um, Love is good. I, I really actually I, I like that movie quite a bit. And then yes. um, i I'm, I'm still. I need to go back and watch it again, but Five Hundred Days of Summer was uh, very impactful for me around the time that it came out. I have.
1: Uh, I know you really like Twilight too. Oh, big fan uh, of
2: Twilight, especially um, the uh, the animatronic Renezme. The Have you seen that? Yes. Do you know yes, what I'm talking we, about? We talked Can about I, it on the podcast. You I wanna. It? I'm, I'm you've already pull done this it up. you showed it on, on yeah it, do, it doesn't matter people it, it, that, how many episodes ago was that um t- see twilight <laughs>
1: what's that other uh, uh
2: robot
1: what's that other uh, rom-com twilight that has uh, it's an all asian cast that's not right uh, twilight. that's really that was really popular i don't know if it was on netflix or if it was just a renesme here we go you know what i'm talking
2: about troll room help me out here uh, the doll deemed too creepy for twilight
3: <laughs> here we go Chuck Esme is one of the most grotesque animatronic babies. Look at that thing. Come on. No one was going to believe that's
2: the baby of Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. But she could pass for Rosemary's baby. Hey, guys. I'm Patrick Jones for oh, Buzz60. I don't, don't, don't want to so hear this guy talk the baby. about this. This is, the, this, is what we're, this is it, though, y'all. Um, I'm, I'm sorry you have... Uh, Will they now have nightmares for the rest of your life. This is what they thought was you know okay. This is such a good point too. You know how we've talked about uh the in- incompetence of people working in this industry. Mm-hmm. This is a prime example of it.
1: Hey, I will defend Twilight by saying at least they stuck faithful to the books, unless, uh, unlike Rings of Power. Oh, I so would you've much read them? rather? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Multiple, multiple, multiple times. I have them <laughs> I have right behind the camera is my Stephanie Meyer dedication wall.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't
1: yeah, no. But uh, from what I've heard, um, it uh, was uh, really faithful to the books. So, I mean, obviously everything <laughs> uh, makes changes, but from people who have read them like the back of their hand. But yeah, the other movie I was thinking of, Jake, thanks for pointing it out was crazy rich asians yeah
2: so let me read let me read a couple of these uh these tweets from billy eichner and we'll move on so okay. he says last night i snuck into in and sat in the back of a sold-out theater playing bros in la so it's like it's la yeah right <laughs> no it's it's definitely it, that's the thing I'm is like kidding. yeah la if it's going to be sold out somewhere it's going to be la you remember um, that uh it's the I industry sent you with let's fight somewhere empty and it's goku and uh, yeah, <laughs> it in is, the bros it's theater. so good <laughs> uh the audience I audibly
1: laughed at worked
2: <laughs> the audience howled and laugh uh with laughter start to finish burst into applause at the end and some were wiping away tears as they walked out um uh, okay uh, yeah he's, he's probably going a little above and beyond it was truly magical really i am very proud of this movie now uh, one of the things that's interesting about this is like it's a bubble this is a bubble tweet you you live in la la is your target audience for a lot of this of course this is going to be some of the reaction that you get um he says rolling stone already has bros on the list of best comedies of the 21st century which it's rolling stone they have they've lost all credibility at this point yeah. um what's also true is that at one point a theater chain called universal and said they were pulling the trailer because of the gay content uh america f yeah et cetera. Et cetera. that's just the world we live in no that's the zip code that you live in um unfortunately even with glowing reviews great rotten tomato scores uh an a cinema score which doesn't mean it none of this means anything these these are your these are your industry insiders like getting good reviews from the people that are in and among your bubble it that doesn't mean anything literally shills um, very Yeah, he says straight people, especially in certain parts of the country, just don't show up for bros. Yeah, man, because it's not targeted towards them. It's not your target audience. Um, And
1: and pause it right there, by the way. When I say shills, that's not something we like to say lightly on here. We don't like to call people that, but that's the literal definition of it, what Billy Eichner is talking about.
2: Yeah, Um, and it's disappointing, but it is what it is. That's the end of that one. Bro, uh, everyone who isn't a homophobic weirdo should go see bros tonight. So this is where it's like... (laughs) dude it's a rom-com now, now joseph who are rom-coms generally targeted towards women do you think most women now we talk about people wanting to see themselves in movies all the time right let's take the notebook mm-hmm. women are going to be attracted to a movie like the notebook because of the main characters and them being able to put themselves into that role as like a fantasy thing, right? Right, you would probably agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah. how are they going to do that with a a gay male rom com? Right. You've already you you you. It's a really niche audience
1: that you're attracting, right? So it, again, women aren't, but I'm talking about making a. Um, Of rom com specifically about two gay men instead of two gay women, and you know trying to attract it that way. Yeah, well,
2: I don't even know two gay
1: women. They probably market that towards men anyway.
2: So oh, it it probably would have done better because. Yeah, men might have actually gone out to see something like
1: that. Yes, because we know in in the world how (laughs) men generally view that.
2: Yeah, so all all of this to be said, it's like when you have something as niche as that was and you move out of L.A. and we're talking about, you know, the Midwest, parts of the South, no one's going to – people aren't going to go see that. It's not – it doesn't even have anything to do with their sexuality. It's like you're already not going to get them for the rom-com and then you add on – uh, the gay romance on top of that it's like most of them aren't gonna they don't care yeah it's not yeah it's you are not, right it's, it's it's not something that they're actually gonna go see it's it's ridiculous for him to do this and then by the way he deleted his tweets and here's the thing that yeah. we've learned and i guess a lot of hollywood hasn't figured this out yet uh stick to your guns yeah if, just if lean you into it yeah if, if you're being sincere about the things that that you're you're pushing deleting your tweets is it might as well be an omission of like you got it wrong even though you don't say yep. anything and it looks bad too when you don't come out and apologize now I don't, someone in the troll room might be able to um give us a better understanding of this mm-hmm. but or like if he did come out and he's like hey sorry for like calling most of the country homophobic or whatever but it it's it's a interesting situation to see where he deleted it and the thing that could have been good is if he had come out and been like hey sorry uh, I really didn't mean all that, but of course, most of them are going to do that. They're going to delete it and try to pretend like none of this ever happened, um, and it doesn't matter because the movie crashed and burned. So it's the story is pretty much over at this point.
1: Yeah, and it's easy too because I'm going to put Chuck um, so gonna put this back up. It, it's funny because if this was the opposite, and someone <laughs> criticized uh, people of that community and said. Their entire movie would have been canceled.
2: All oh, it would have been. Yeah, it would have been the the exact opposite. So the double the, the oh, d-
1: again. not that a... we think people should lose <laughs> their and be canceled and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, that's the the double standard is is is, is hilarious and yeah. ironic.
2: But you're not allowed to do the uh, the. Oh, if it was this, then it would be different. It's not an argument anymore. People are, th- yeah. People literally don't listen to that anymore. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's something called, that it's what about the what? Now. Yeah, the what aboutism. Yeah,
1: but but yeah, so that's the whole thing with that. And then <laughs> you got
2: oh, I Michael feel like Michael Waldron to direct Secret Wars. Now, some people probably are going to disagree with me on this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think Loki sucks i agree i I think that um uh, what i affectionately call mom mom or multiverse of madness uh is fighting for the top position of worst movie uh that marvel has ever made with eternals um i need
1: to i i now you made me want to watch it because i'm like eternals was one of the worst movies i've
2: seen multiverse of madness is one of the worst movies that i've uh, one of the let's just say we'll put it like this for the budget that it had it's one of the worst movies that I've ever seen well and
1: and from what I've understood I think Mahler was talking about this that Sam Raimi was wasn't given as Disney typically does that much time to write the script like he had written the yeah. script and then they scrapped it and, and he had to the, start the, fresh the
2: problem is is that they so. brag about how like they they act as if the movie was good despite only having about two weeks to write a draft for it and i couldn't find it uh but michael waldron has a clip from some behind the scenes thing with multiverse of madness where he basically says that they didn't know where they were going with the second half of the movie yeah and uh i was trying to find it i couldn't but you can go look up interviews with this guy um apparently he worked on rick and morty and i'm i'm like i don't know what you what you were writing for them but
1: um, uh, I, I, this is this is what leads me to think like this is a top-down issue because it seems like you know uh, not in the case of the rings of power but when it comes to disney and the stuff that i've just heard behind the scenes that happens that uh you know that's been verified too is you know these writers typically aren't given that much time like i know black widow widow had an entire script written for a while and then it got canned and then a person written entirely entirely another script and then like a A day or two before they were going to start shooting, it got canned, and they had to start back over. So, you know, it's difficult because I know too what happened with The Hobbit, and The Hobbit has gone up, and my my viewing of it has uh, been more positive because (laughs) of what has happened, what I know has happened behind the scenes with Peter Jackson and what Warner Brothers, one of the worst production companies in America, did. Um, and how he had to fly by the seat of his pants cause that's the position they put him in. You know what I mean? Right. So, well, you it, know, again, does it doesn't, does it take away from, does it mean you still don't criticize a movie and still, you know, objectively, Hey, this is a bad movie or a bad TV show, but it does at least you can say, Hey man, I'm, I'm surprised you even put up something coherent with that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Given those um, conditions. It's just it's just a situation of and it it falls into something that I think similar that people have been talking about a lot recently with uh, how the the bar has been lowered for how terrible movies and television can be. Mm -hmm. There used to be a bar. It was pretty bad, right? Yeah. You could almost say that we have broken through the floor and opened up a whole new section of how bad things can be. So what a lot oh, the of people
1: done a, dug a t- tunnel underneath.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 the trench underneath the yeah. ground. Um, the, uh, what's so weird about that, though, is that people and I understand when you look back at stuff from even five or ten years ago that was being made uh, that was considered bad. And you're like, well, maybe this isn't as bad as I thought it was. It's like, no, it's still bad. It, it still doesn't work. But there was at least some competence going on in that. I could probably go back and I, I plan on doing this. Um, I could probably go back and watch the Hobbit movies again. And there's probably some things that I could say this aspect of it I was okay with. Or I actually liked, you know, maybe one of the characters or, or the the character arc for someone in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between something from then and what we're getting now, where you have something and well of course we're gonna bring it back to Rings of Power or whatever, you know, even Loki, some other things like that, where certain characters like a he has he has no dimension to him he's single other than bronwyn his, yeah, that's a single well, motivation right bronwyn. he had i, I will yeah
1: I, I, I will say this i think like to if i'm being more kind and generous like his whole thing of again it comes Sorry, back to bronwyn would you say this let me ask you this would you say that with him because i was thinking about him uh, more since our last episode around Deer? Yeah, Rondir. Would you say too? Like he stuck around and did, you know, help the Southlanders because even though they aren't his people, he was trying to do the right thing.
2: Well, if okay, so here here's the thing. If if, okay. if Theo turns out to be a son, which seems to be the right case, um, you could at least that is something. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think it changes a whole lot. It, it uh, you know, gr- uh, um, Gary. Oh, this is something that he had said he, he's like I can't praise the dog for not crapping on the carpet yeah which is a decent analogy I need to come up with my own I don't want to just yeah. take his stuff but it, it's a good analogy because it's, it's the idea that it's like oh you did something that is that's expected basic correctness yeah. yeah that's like wow you gave your character a motive motivation and a stake for being involved in something the problem is rings of power is about to do its final episode and we're not aware of that motivation until eight episodes into it. That is unacceptable. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You have to establish stakes and motivations for characters. You don't bring them up eight episodes in and then be like, well now when you look back on it, you understand why And it's like, it's like you need to tell your audience ahead of time and this is that's kind of a similar thing when we talk about mystery boxes or the small like reveals where it's like oh he'll eventually he'll have his hair pulled back and he'll have pointy ears it's yeah. that that kind of stuff that's just it's it's ridiculous it's not It's not an acceptable way to go about things. You, I I mentioned it. um, I think it was in our review for the last episode that uh, they there was an article that was written that was like finally after you know in our in the sixth episode, Rings of Power is worth watching. I'm like that's not acceptable. A billion dollar show cannot be worth (laughs) watching after six episodes. It makes no sense. After six hours of screen time, more a little more than that. These episodes are like an hour and ten minutes apiece. They uh, are David, you're, they are you're long. frozen, by
1: the way. I'm not, but uh-oh. you are. Uh-oh. That's why I... Can, they, can yeah. you guys still hear me? Yeah, they can still hear you. Okay. I don't know. I don't... Uh-oh. No, I mean, I, can you... What, I, I can't hear David because I have the uh, live stream muted, but in the troll room, troll room, if you can hear him, give him a shout.
2: Yeah, let me, let me know. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Why am I frozen? <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's it's see.
1: But yeah, there's there's a ton of issues with the Rings of Power. One of the things we we're talking about is, again, it, here's the thing. You can enjoy something that's bad, but still understand it's objectively bad writing. For example, that I go to, this isn't the only m- movie or TV show that I've liked that's objectively bad writing. But The Hobbit, the, the first one I don't think is uh, bad. I think it's you know, average to good. But the second and third, I think, is bad writing. And so I don't know, man, you think about that first one, man, that goblin when they get in the uh, in the mountain and they fight the goblins, that really is yeah. that whole s- scenario anyway, but I can still recognize again what I was just talking about the bad parts of the movie and understand that and be like, hey, I still find enjoyment out of it. you you may not, but I do. yeah, uh, and there's certain things like also, how are you going into the TV show and movie watching it? Are you just turning your brain off? Like I watched the DC super pets movie last night on HBO, just cause I wanted to watch something with a more positive into it. That I didn't have to think to, I'm not sitting there trying to criticize that movie and, and, and analyze it. I'm just, I'm not thinking I'm just watching some dogs that are supposed to be the pets to the famous superheroes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, when it comes to the rings of power, that's at least for me and you. That's not how we're viewing it.
2: Um, I'm trying something. Sorry. No everybody. Oh, 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 I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. We should be good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're um, good. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, man. I, yeah, I, I, there is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of where when we talk about objective versus subjective, um, there's some stuff that's just going to work for people and not for other people. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or good. Right. Um, but when we talk about a character being one dimensional, like a Rondir, that's bad. And the way right. that they've handled writing these characters is bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I think there is an argument for why the character writing in, uh, sorry, in rings of power is objectively bad and that's yeah. why you have to take it instance by instance you can talk about different characters and why there, there is nuance to the conversation um that not everybody is willing to put up with you know what i mean right. anyway um so yeah uh michael waldron is going to be writing the, uh the, what is it the secret wars avenger secret wars um and which is not good news it is not good news you want to talk about you want to talk about failing up it it makes no sense to me that they're keeping this guy around um again i think when it comes to some of these massive studios when you're dealing with disney uh if you are a yes man if you're willing to do what they want and go in the direction that they want you can do what yeah you will continue to succeed
1: yeah yeah, he wrote, wrote on Rick and Morty. There's other stuff I haven't seen,
2: but well, he wrote here's, on Loki. He, so. here's the, yeah, well, I hated Loki. Um, yeah, I didn't like Loki Can Loki is one of the points that really started to mess with the world building. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's the show where everything doesn't matter anymore because if there's infinite universes, oh. you can just continue to bring back characters. Who
1: wrote on Doctor Strange
2: Multiverse. Event. Yeah, he was a head writer.
3: Oh, oh
1: that sucks <laughs> oh well i mean again i think i want to give him the grace that this is the one benefit i'm oh, going, going to give him <laughs> this is it i did hear that that script was trash like close to when they were going to film and shoot and so that has to you know well sure disney
2: disney is to blame but he still wrote it yeah and he was imagine that had to be uh, really difficult yeah, this is the, like take i brought this up uh at some mm-hmm. i bring this up quite a bit but edgar wright was in a similar position and he said yeah screw y'all yeah he got taken off the project and it was probably for the best and that is that's the right thing to do yeah but when you're in a position like because because you can't jd uh jd was it patrick jd McK- Payne and patrick and McKay. patrick mckay like they're in a similar position. The only difference is, is that this guy's a writer versus them being the showrunners. Well, they're writers too.
1: yeah. Um, they were heavily involved in the writing and they had they had they had plenty of
2: time. yeah, you just don't you don't get any um any mercy from me when you write a terrible script and you're going in all these interviews and you're on the special credit like the special features bragging about why it's good despite the hardships that you went through because you had to rewrite a script in in two weeks. It's ridiculous. that's the kind of like this we've talked about this before if you're in any other kind of job you you wouldn't stick around um i know these movies are like making money but
1: yeah and that's why i mean again i think one of the things that we like to the reason why we like to point this out is so that you know hopefully the goal is is that the writing gets better we can push things to get better right yeah Uh,
2: until next monday guys y'all take it easy take it easy
3: politics Ruins everything.
0: Being patient with them, I try to. But you got room temperature IQ. IQ. Expecting a lecture from these idiot guys who Mm. got opinions not worth as what's under my shoe. Y'all tripping on truth when we call it out. out. Y'all people is. As i'll get out if y'all with him and not with you i'd sit out cause every rapper's on the list now mad at a pitch count throwing heaters like my soul's beat up no people focus on hoaxes in the shows he booked and i'm hoping to open doors and i got foes and such but i know that i'll be opposing to the goal i must start attacking I ain't lacking my brains latched in same way that i game is the same way of the backhand all the pain that i bring up is like the pain to the batman i'm back cracking whack trends claiming they rap bands and backtracking give a is a sandwich at Subway. And y'all just so happen to welcome on beef on my lunch plate. And you are a disaster, and this can only go one way. And you're steady flashing guns and your music viz. And I know you do it for the fun, but what you doing is abusing every rule. Of course, you can use it quick. You're showing the world you don't know what you are doing, kid. Why would you waste your time? Well, you can be so much more, so much more. One thing that I want you to see, that? is everybody is ignorant, it's only when you speak on what you don't know you become slow and that ignorance crosses into stupidity, yet I'm still spending my energy debating enemies that tend to be idiots, really inept politically, that don't have the depth or whatever me, oh well, it'll be co-chance in hell, so riddle me this, Listen. I'm supposed to take you serious when all of your positions are socially expedient. Thinking you a rebel, but at most you obedient. Opposing opinions make folks be belligerent. occult and religious, so you know what's some seeing and invoke. What you told by the folks that got a sentence missing. Oh, you a hypocrite, and I'm in awe. Cause the diversity you advocate is not in thought. You get away with it cause you placed in a freaking chamber with echoes ranging, surrounded by a bunch of brainless. Your aim is yet all the same. Shame cause you ain't slick afraid to relate other things cause you nameless. Tameless. Weak, empathetic, you epitomize Poetic ties cause you scared to be criticized Ancient trick, you ain't say this You afraid to unplug from the matrix Basic Why would you waste your time When well, you can be so much more So much more